All right. Theology Mutts, we're back. It's Wednesday. We've, we have made it. We I did. feel like we're finally hitting the stride now that, you know, we've been doing this every day for the last four days. We are. Days. And, and it turns out that helps when we can't do anything in person. So, Well, yes. When, there's, when you're you know, sitting at home bored, it's like, well, what am I going to do? It's like, I'm going to call Chad and we're going to make a podcast and it's going to be awesome. That's right. That's right. Uh, so we are looking through Holy Week and uh, really focusing in on the idea of fasting because that's what we always do for Lent. And so we've we've walked through some fasting how tos. It was yesterday, and um, and why why we abstain from things in our faith. So today we are going to jump into biblical fasting and uh, what the Bible has to say about that. Uh, which weirdly enough was an interesting thing to research. There's, I, I felt like as I looked in my scriptures, there was just sort of an assumption that people would fast. Like there isn't like a direct, like, here's how you should do it. It was just kind of an assumed thing. Yeah. Right. No, it is interesting. Uh, I mean, we were just talking about this, but like just the idea that the teachings that pop up are kind of more like methodology, you know, it's not really like, like here are reasons for, and here is like, how it should be done necessarily, but like the only teaching that, that we could really come up with was where Jesus talks about, hey, when you're fasting, you shouldn't act like you're suffering, basically, right. you know, um, you should, you should, you know, do well, <laughs> you should, you should look normal and act normal while you're fasting, because otherwise, like, you're just doing it for, for glory or for whatever, so it was, it was very interesting, um, it, and it was interesting to notice that, that it was just kind of from our point of view, it was just kind of an assumed thing that you would do it. You know, that it was a thing that would be done. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, the other thing we, we definitely noticed while we were researching and talking uh, is that fasting and prayer uh, always go hand in hand. And we've been talking over the last few days about how uh, fasting is really for your spiritual betterment, right? It's for, to kind of help your spirit and your soul grow. Uh, but we kind of neglected to mention that that prayer always goes hand in hand with with fasting. Um, in in all of I believe all of the biblical precedents we're about to talk about, um, they fasted and they prayed simultaneously. The two go together always, uh, and it's always put like that too. You know, fasting and prayer. Um, and so, just kind of kind of interesting to notice as well from a biblical standpoint. It is, yeah. Uh, especially because I think when we talk about fasting, what we're really focusing on in our minds is on the fact that we aren't eating. But biblically speaking, the focus was on spending that time in prayer. And right. it was it was more of, as we talked about a couple of days ago with the abstaining, it was more about what we're gaining. And what we're gaining is prayer time. And right. And enforcing our prayers by saying, hey, I'm going to put aside all this physical stuff so that I can be in prayer uh, and sacrifice somewhere else so that my prayer life is boosted. Um, right. And so, right, so right. It, it really is in like every account. It's always they were praying and fasting, praying and fasting, praying and fasting. And right. and that's really was one of my first memories of being in, in Uganda was this emphasis on prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, uh, prayer and fasting, always those two together. Yeah, yep. And the two do go hand in hand. Um, just because I, I feel like if you're just fasting, right, like if you choose to just fast, it's probably really easy to lose focus. I think it is really easy to lose focus, you know? Um, but if you if you re- replace that, whatever that thing is that you're fasting, whether it's food or, or drink or entertainment or whatever it is that we talked about, you know, a day or two ago, um, 
when you when you replace that with prayer time, when you replace that with time spent with God Himself, um, it really does make it easy for it to become a spiritual practice as opposed to just a physical one. Sure. Um, otherwise, it's, it's really easy to just let it slip into well. I'm suffering for Jesus, right? right? And when you suffer for Jesus, like you're not really you're not really producing anything when you're just when you're just suffering. Like it it, it has to do with how uh, how the suffering and the and the how the suffering is redirected in that time. You know, yeah, what it and produces, how you you interact, yeah, how you interact with with the spiritual uh, in those times of of suffering a little bit. So. Which, which yeah. really, considering where we're at in our world right now, is honestly a really great point to make before we go any further. Because I feel like right now we're all sort of like unwillingly uh, fasting from each other. <laughs> uh, we've, we've been we've been looking, forced. Looking like a true extrovert, Chad. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so, so we've been we've been us, forced us to be apart. Sorry, us introverts over here are like this is the best. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you think about it, like right now, like because you made the point that like you can view suffering as just suffering for Jesus, or you can view it as what is this going to produce in me? And right. And I feel and like for your world too. I mean, oh, yeah, for, yeah. For your world and the people around you too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like we're at a p- crucial place with this with this pandemic, uh, with having to stay home and we can't go to church and you know we can't do all these things that we normally do. Um, and I think we're at a crucial place where. We have to decide and figure out, is is this going to be a suffering just to suffer, or right. is there going to be something that we can produce out of this suffering that will be beneficial for all? Um, right. And I even, you know, I look I look ahead a couple of days on our calendar here to Good Friday, and there's there's suffering on that day, but oh, what, yeah. it, what it produces, it makes the suffering, puts the suffering in perspective. And yeah. I mean, it, it, it's suffering, for sure, right? Um, but what it produces is glory. And, and not just, again, not just glory for, for Jesus Christ, although obviously the most glory for him because he deserves it the most, but, like, glory for us, too, you know? And, and the ability to, to draw close to God through that suffering, through that sacrifice. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, I, as, as we're sitting here talking about it, I'm thinking, you know, you can suffer and just suffer, um, and that, you know, because suffering happens in life and it's just part of what it is. And you can kind of come to it with that attitude. Just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just suffering, right? Or you can say, well, I'm suffering for Jesus. But that's maybe almost worse because then you kind of start to get the idea that, well, maybe God wants me to suffer, right? right? And and we don't believe that that's true because that's not, that was not the original intended design into the, you know, the original plan in the Garden of Eden. Um, but when you look at it, you're like, like this suffering can produce a good work in me. I think that's even in there somewhere, isn't it? Where is that? Is that James? It James or I just probably James. I don't know, but I, I know James is like is like uh, trials and tribulations produce produce good stuff in your life. That's in chapter one. Um, but yeah, like when you look at it as as hey, I can I can use this suffering to draw close to God and have Him draw close to me because we also know that God draws near the brokenhearted. Um, you know. It, it produces a good spiritual fruit. It produces a good spiritual outcome for you uh, and for the people around you too. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting off track, but that's definitely thought, you know food for thought and something worth thinking about. So, well, it is, yeah. And and this, I think the scripture you're looking for is Romans chapter five. Um, yeah. Paul says we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces hope. character, and character produces hope. Yep, that's the one I was thinking of. Yep. I do know it's in James too. James is. 
you can just read James over and over and over again and find something new every time. Um, you can read Romans over and over and over again and find something new every time. Uh, but yeah, that that idea because because Christianity is rooted in suffering. I mean, that is that is an unavoidable truth, right? Yep. We maybe want to uh, we maybe want to to try to avoid it, and there are people who have made uh, <laughs> millions of dollars convincing people that that Christianity is not about suffering; it's about getting what you want. Um, but Christianity is rooted in suffering, and when we when we take the time to realize uh, that suffering can produce goodness and glory, um, we we come out way ahead, I think, in a, in a spiritual sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, and and if you look at and if you look at the biblical precedent for fasting and this abstinence, um, there's so much that is produced out of it. I mean. Just yeah. about every fasting story in Scripture is for a different reason that somebody's fasting. Um, right. That's an interesting thing to notice, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because essentially what they do is, I have some great need that is so big that I'm going to sacrifice food to make sure that I can seek God in an even greater way in my life and get the answer that I need for this. Right. And and that need is different for each one of these stories. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, we had precedents in Old Testament. We have precedents in New Testament. We, uh, you know, all the way through, there's there's different uh, different scenarios and different ways that it was done and different reasons that it was done um, all the way through Scripture. Uh, they kind of get handed down to us so that we can understand what it's for, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so give us a couple of those. All right. So, so I think of... Um, starting in the Old Testament, um, I think immediately of the city of Nineveh, uh, because the story of Jonah is such a common and popular story. Um, yeah. And so... You nearly Nin- got swallowed by a whale, right? <laughs> That's right. The, the giant fish. That's right. <laughs> right, 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 right. A whale. <laughs> anyway, no, continue. <laughs> so, uh, so, Jonah goes and pronounces judgment, essentially, on Nineveh. You know, woe is you, um, turn from your wicked ways or else. And so right. their king is like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not what I want for my kingdom. And so uh, if I remember correctly, he, he puts on sackcloth and ashes and and then yeah, he, he orders right. the whole kingdom to fast and pray. Like the whole town has to fast and pray. Right. And, and so so for them, they were fasting out of repentance. I mean, it was... It was making yeah. sure that God were, would relent. <laughs> they were scared. Yeah. <laughs> scared and repentant, like, hey, God, please don't smite me. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, but but maybe even more to the point, realizing, oh my gosh, I've gone, I've gone wrong. Like, yep. I, I have gone astray. This is a bad thing that I have done, uh, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and that's as as much as you know. Like we sometimes, I think repentance does come across as like God's angry at us, and we need to try to avoid His judgment. Like really, it's just like there's a relationship that's been broken there that that right. needs to be restored. And right, and I think especially for us, like in a mod- in our modern context, I think that's 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 valuable to understand. Right, like God seeks relationship, and when the relationship is broken there has to be amends made, and that's where repentance comes in. It's not so much trying to avoid God's, you know, hammer coming down on top of you. Right. It's it's to, to restore the relationship and to be right with each other again. It's like apologizing to your wife if you've done something stupid, you know? Right. <laughs> or your kid, or, who, or your friend, or whoever, like apologizing and, and trying to make things right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so... But, I mean, the, 
yeah, so, go ahead. so for them, that was that was done in fasting and prayer. Like it was, God, we are so sorry that we're going to put aside our own needs and just focus on you for a minute and get right. Right. Very great. But then there are other instances too, like uh, Ezra fasts um, in, in Ezra 8, um, because the Israelites are going to make this giant journey to Jerusalem. Um, I forget how many miles it is. It's like hundreds of miles they're going to travel back to Jerusalem. And so Ezra uh, calls this uh, this fast of all the people, and they fast and pray for the journey. Uh, and so really what they were seeking is more of like protection from their enemies, I mean, as they travel back. Sure, sure. So, so that's another reason they fasted and prayed. Uh, Nehemiah, uh, in this kind of along the same story, there Nehemiah fasted and prayed when he learned that the walls had been broken down in Jerusalem, and so for his, it was more of a mourning. Right. So I so so Old yeah. Testament. There's there's lots of reasons. I mean, well, didn't you you also mention before uh, Hezekiah, not Hezekiah, Josiah? Too, when they found the law, oh, yeah. they, they 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 fasted for repentance, um, which is interesting. Um, and then, of course, you hit the New Testament, where we have like the quintessential example of fasting in Jesus, right? Um, who goes out there and fasts for forty days and forty nights. And we talked a little bit about the significance of forties. Uh, I don't remember if that was yesterday or the day before. Um, but whatever the case, we we talked about you know the significance of forties, and one of the significant forties is Jesus going out there for forty days and forty nights. Um, and his is like, it's like a spiritual testing, mm-hmm. I think. It would be kind of the closest way to, to think about that, you know? Uh, just like, it's a test. He's out there being tested and tempted, and things are, you know, not necessarily going his way. Just to see to see if he's going to make it, if he's going to cut it as the second Adam figure, you know, the guy who's going to make everything right. Sure. Um, and then you also mentioned uh, Paul and uh, was it Barnabas or Silas? Barnabas, yeah, Paul and Barnabas. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, fasting for the for the elders uh, of this newly formed church to kind of like fast and pray for them to to make so that they'll make good decisions about the church will succeed and, and these kinds of things too. Um, yeah, it was kind of like a yeah, passing but, of the guard kind of thing. You know, like Paul and Barnabas yeah. had been there and they were doing their thing, and they're like, "Okay, it's time for us to go." So we're going to pray and fast so that over these elders, um, really for wisdom, for understanding. Yeah. Right. And something that really struck me as we were, we were thinking about these, and as we are thinking about these, um, is just the fact that, that like all of these are kind of like different forms of fasting, different reasons for fasting. Uh, but they're also all different forms of worship, Mm. right? Because I feel like when we when we think about worship, we think about okay, I'm going to go and like sing songs and pray and listen to the pastor preach a message, and that's worship, right? And that is that is a type of worship, right? But like worship can come in in many many different forms. Like it can come in the form of repentance. Like repentance is is worship of God, you know, uh, prayer for protection and, and and acknowledging that He is the one who protects. That is that is a form of worship. Um, so I don't know. It's, it, fasting and prayer comes back down to, uh, hey, we are we are taking this this time, this moment to worship, right, and to be uh, in God's presence and to enjoy, maybe not enjoy, to acknowledge His presence and to to be in it. You know. Sure. Uh, so I don't know. It just struck me as we were talking about this, as we were thinking about these, just the amount of the amount and the type of worship that comes when we're talking about fasting and prayer. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And especially, I mean, you think of like 
when you think of like the definition of worship, really for me, worship is putting God in his rightful place, not just in the world, but in your own mind and in your own heart. Uh, because sure. you think of like all these reasons they fasted, like Paul and Barnabas fasted so to seek God's wisdom, uh, because it was an admission that God is more wise than they are. Um, right. You know, he has more wisdom than they do. And, and for Nehemiah, his, in his mourning, it was, it was knowing that God is the one we should go to when we mourn, uh, that, that God is the comforter and that, you know, for Ezra, it was God's the protector. And in, in Nineveh, it was God's the forgiver, you know, it's, and so, so they, these little subtle ways of worshiping, really, when we fast, we're putting God in his rightful place in our life, which is number one over everything. Right. Yeah. At the head of everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which, which honestly harkens straight to, um, to, to Anna in Luke chapter two, because this is the whole reason she was fasting. Uh, it says that, she never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And, and so she was so devoted to what God was, who God was and what he was doing, that fasting was one of her ways of loving him and, and putting him in that rightful place. And, and I think that that's true for all of us. I, don't, I just don't think we, we look at it that way very often. Yeah. I feel like we've been a little uh, preoccupied with Anna this year, but honestly, I have not been preoccupied with Anna ever at any other point in my life. Right. Um, and she's just such a fascinating character. Like, I, I think, uh, it was Carolina. Carolina, my wife, preached the yeah. message on her earlier this year. And I was just like, man, I didn't see any of that in this story before. <laughs> yep. You know? But just, but, but like, the fact that this woman fasted and prayed, you know, day and night for, I forget how many years she was there, you know? But just that kind of devotion is just so crazy, especially to think about now. Mm-hmm. Like, again, in this modern context, it's so different. But, like, to think about fasting and praying day and night for, like, your entire life, like, that, that would be that would be just so crazy, you know? Yeah. But but what a, what a spiritual life that woman must have had. And what a reward she got. She got to hold the Savior. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Got, got, to take him, got to take him in her arms and, and see him and touch him and hold him. Like, my goodness. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I and 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 that does happen with fasting. I, I think we just mentioned that, but like you know, sincere spiritual results do happen with fasting and prayer. Yeah. So so really, I think what we're saying is, um, if you've got something going on in life, whether it's you need wisdom or you need to mourn or you're seeking deliverance or you want to repent or even just to worship God. Uh, fasting and prayer biblically is not only a suggested practice, but also a um, expected practice. Yeah, 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 it's kind of the practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so if you're hoping to, if you're looking to seek God this week in some special way, and especially as we go into this weekend, I feel like this weekend is like the perfect time to to pray and fast. Um, yeah. You know, if you haven't been yet, yeah. from let's say Friday at sundown through Sunday at sunrise, you know, fast for the time that Jesus was, was gone, you know? Yeah. 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 Probably be a really powerful experience. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Fast and pray. So there you go. Fast and pray this weekend. Uh, seek the face of God, worship God, put him in his rightful place and, uh, and see if it doesn't make a difference. Cause I'm telling you it will. Mm. Yep. I agree. (laughs) So, with that, go do that, and we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) See you later.